Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Remote Control, the Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Joanne Froggett about her new series, Liar. Stay tuned. I'm Deborah Birnbaum from Variety, and it's my pleasure to welcome Joanne Fraggett. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you. So let's talk about Liar. Why don't you tell me first what made you choose this role? Um, well, so Liar is a six-part thriller um, miniseries for Sundance TV and ITV in England, um, airing on both channels at the end of September. Firstly, it's the first time I've ever done a thriller, actually, so I read the script. Uh, it's written by Jack and Harry Williams, who wrote The Missing, uh, which was a very successful show back in England. And it was nominated at the Golden Globes a couple of years ago. It's fantastic. And uh, they're, they're fantastic thriller writers. That's, they found their genre and they do it so, so well. Um, and they're certainly having you know, quite a moment, as it were, because they're so busy, they're doing all these fantastic projects. So when I found out it was written by them, I was like, well, this sounds really interesting, fantastic. Started reading the first script, and it was just such a page-turner, and it's definitely got a cliffhanger at the end of every ep, and you sort of get to the end, and you go, oh, right, now I need the next one, I need the next one. Um, and so, yeah, I met with the director of our first block director, James Strong, who I've worked with before, and he had such a fantastic vision for it as well. It looks really incredibly cinematic and modern and edgy, and he showed me... Um, or his mood board of, of, you know, sort of how he wanted the style of it to be and, and the, the style of the, the aesthetics of it. Um, and so I was like, this just sounds really exciting. I mean, it was just a great project. It was one of those you just can't say no to. And it just, it landed on my lap. And I was like, yes, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so tell us about Laura. She's an interesting character and she get, finds herself in, an, in a complicated situation. Yeah. So uh, as you know, as you would expect with a thriller, you know, there's, there's a lot of tension and my character and my co-star is Joanne Griffith. Um, and Joanne's character, Andrew, my character, Laura, they go out on a date together. Laura's a teacher at the local secondary school, which is like high school. Um, and she actually teaches Andrew's son in one of her classes. And um, they, they go on this date together through a sort of mutual friend that they meet. And um, events happen during that night and they both have very differing accounts of the evening and it then they both become embroiled in um truth and lies basically uh, as do all the characters around them we have this fantastic um ensemble cast as well and every character in it is embroiled in some sort of lie whether it's theirs or inadvertently they're embroiled in somebody else's lie and they don't know yet 
So um, the night that Andrew and Laura go on the date has, um, you know, has extreme consequences for the both of them. And they're both trying to prove that they're telling the truth. So it's how far will you go to prove your innocence or prove someone else's guilt? Were you able to read all the scripts in advance so that you knew where it was going? No, I did know where it was going because it was it was storylined. But we didn't have. Um, I think I only I only read the first three episodes before we started filming, but um, but I knew um, where the character was going to go and where the story was going to go. So, and it does conclude. You know, it's a real. It's a really great thriller that you can just go, oh my goodness, next one, next one. And then it does come to this conclusion at the end, so you do get the sort of payoff after your investment of the time. You know? So we will get a resolution, we'll know who's mm. telling the truth? Yeah, yeah, you find out, you find out. Um, and it's, it just, it's, it's just this complex web of, of lies, really. So um, there's many events that sort of unfold during the course of the six episodes, so... Yeah, it's exciting. It's really well done in the sense that you get flashbacks. So as much as you think yes. you know about what's happening, you get flashbacks that sort of give you more information as you're yeah. going along. So it's not your sort of traditional linear version of storytelling. Um, there's, as you said, the story's told in, in flashbacks um, in some places and very much in at the sort of first half of the of the um, miniseries. And you see, you also see the story from lots of different people's point of view really but mainly from Laura or Andrew's point of view but you certainly it's not just through one person's eyes so you're constantly sort of questioning yourself and your beliefs in these characters and constantly changing your mind about you know who you think is telling the truth absolutely I was just going to bring that up because I watched the first couple of episodes I think they gave us three to see so mm-hmm. far and your loyalty shifts you get a new yeah. piece of information you think okay this is the person that's telling the truth and then two minutes later you find out the exact opposite yeah and it throws up so many interesting questions about ourselves when we're watching and about what we're watching um, I do think and, and hope and I do believe it's going to be one of those shows where it's going to uh, have heavy discussions on the sofa between everyone watching going, I don't think that. Do you think that? Or, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. And again, as you pointed out, every episode ends on a cliffhanger. This is almost better not binge watch because you want to sort of process each episode and think, where, where is your loyalty at the end of that episode? What do you, who do you believe is telling the truth? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, I still love to binge watch a thriller, though. Actually, for, for me, a thriller is the best thing to binge watch because I can't wait to see what happens next when there's a cliffhanger. I remember I watched... Um, the Killing, the original series of The Killing on my iPad like <laughs> over the course of about a week and it was 20 odd episodes or something and it got to the point where I had to stop watching it halfway through an episode because I couldn't get to the end and then not go to the next episode sure. and I think Liars certainly has that about it as well I think if you get to the end of an app you're going to want to know what happens next oh absolutely yeah. I mean I couldn't I watched all three in one sitting I'm not yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah, denying exactly. that I completely yeah. didn't binge watch it yeah. and now I want more because I absolutely need to yeah, know the truth that's good but I was also thinking there's going to be so much conversation at the end of every episode at the end yeah. of every episode people are going to be arguing one way oh definitely yeah there definitely it's definitely going to be a break between episodes for everyone to have a big discussion and then and then okay should we watch one more yeah <laughs> Does the liar of the title ref- end up reflecting any one person or just reflects, ref- you know, reflects the whole situation of, as a whole? The liar as a title is very much a theme um, for, the, for the show as a whole. Um, so actually there's more than one liar in, in our show um, and lots of people that are, that are affected by their lies in very different ways. 
Um, so, yeah, just when you sort of, sort of think you've figured out one part of it, we go down another rabbit hole and you're like, oh, goodness me, now I've got to decide about them. And, you know, so it's, yeah, it's quite a complex story. But it also reflects life, too, because truth is absolutely subjective. And I think that's absolutely. what this brings out. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, my character is a very strong, strong minded woman, which I really liked. And, um, you know, we're, we're in a world at the moment that is, um, we're constantly questioning what the truth is in many aspects of, of our society. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, a, uh, it's a common theme at the moment. Could you relate to, to her at all, to Laura? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've been asked this recently, do I like her? And I said, I do like her. I do. I don't think she uh, always makes the right decisions. Um, she's, all these characters are flawed, you know, in one way or another, as all of us are. Um, I don't agree with the way she always behaves um but i as an actor you have to understand the mindset of the person you're playing and you have to um you know give her a backstory and um a background so it makes sense to you their thought process you don't have to agree with it or agree with the decisions they make but you have to make sense of why they're doing it um and that's how i go about building character so she makes sense to me with her life and her um, experiences, um, but she doesn't always do the right thing. Did you have any back and forth with the writers about where you wanted the character to go or decisions that she was making along the way? Yeah, a little actually. It was great because Jack and Harry are so collaborative, and um, we obviously knew what the storyline was going to be through to the end, but um, they were still finishing drafts of, of the the last few episodes so we were we did have input into that and there was a couple of things that I said oh what about in this scene could we add like a you know a bit of uh, sort of like you know um I'm trying to say it without giving away what what I what the plot is but I was like saying oh can we add this stage direction this would be a really good idea to slip this in here and it would add to the, you know and and also um it was it was it, things sort of shifted a lot as we were filming as well because it definitely the theme of liar um, and lying just seemed to naturally come out so much more um, vividly than than we'd all expected, actually. And that really became the thing that we all were really needing and wanting to push and keep and keep that ambiguity going. So it was really nice to be involved in those conversations for the last scripts. And if there was anything with the scripts, I'd sort of say. Um, oh, can we do this a bit like this? And could we change this? And I'm, you know, I feel like we're repeating here. Let's. And they were amazing every time. They were like, "Of course, let's do it." You know, we were just all really on the same page, and it was it was lovely to work like that because you feel that like you have a lot of input. What about working with your co-star? What was your relationship like He's with him? Great. I couldn't have wished for a better co-star on this. Jan is such a gentleman and so much fun to work with, and uh, we just supported each other really, really well. You know, and. Um, He's a, you know, he's great. He's, you know, him and his wife have become really good friends with me and my husband, and um, we, it was just perfect. It was perfect. He's brilliantly cast in this, and it's a very different role for him that people expect, and he's brilliant in it. And all our casts were just fantastic. You know, it was a really... I know everyone always says this, and it's really boring to say, but it really was such a great group of people. And we've <laughs> all kept you were a family on set. <laughs> I know, exactly. I'm, I'm going to like, we were a family. We had the best <laughs> casting crew in the business. I could do the whole cliche. But, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really dreamy. And actually, you know, when you're sort of telling quite a dark story, it makes it so much easier when you've got good people around that you can go to those places when you need to for the work you need to be doing and then 
on the days which were few and far between where it wasn't such dark content um you can sort of smile and you know have have a conversation in between scenes and enjoy hanging out with them as well so that was great yeah you need some humor to break up all of that yeah, tension because it you takes do. you to pretty dark places yeah and sometimes during a, a long filming day you're shooting for 11 12 hours and you know you may be doing very dramatic scenes and and sometimes emotionally you just it's like when you're very overtired and you get the giggles you know sometimes you get to that point where you're very overtired you've been doing lots of shouting and crying and all the rest of it and then you go oh my goodness I've just gone hysterical for like half an hour and it, it's just that release that your body and your brain need sometimes Given that it's told in flashbacks, how did you shoot it? Was everything shot linearly? Did you shoot the storyline from start to finish, or you shot it episodically? Uh, we shot um, the f- in two blocks. So we shot the first three episodes together, and then the second three episodes. We had a second director for episodes four, five, and six, Sam Donovan. He was fantastic. So our first director, James Strong, could start the edit um, while we were finishing filming. Um, but yes, yeah, so basically, it was it was it was the usual way of we were just shooting based on location. So the story. If it was you know not shot in a linear way either, uh, which it, it very rarely is. So um, yeah, so it was just keeping an eye on, you know, not only do you shoot out of order, but you're also shooting out of order, and then the script, st- the storytelling is out of order as well. So it's just kind of keeping a, a little eye on all of that. Sure. What was the most challenging part of playing her? Um. Well, physically, the most challenging part on this was the cold actually it was like I mean we certainly weren't in the Arctic we were in England in the winter but it's always that way of kind of you know you're filming in the winter but it's supposed to be spring so you're in the you know the wrong costume and um Zoe um Tapper who plays my sister in the show and I were doing a scene um outside and we were we were stood by the estuaries by the sea just beautiful place but it's very sort of open and the wind was like coming in and it was raining and and we were stood out there for for quite some time, and Zoe's lips actually went completely blue, oh, no. and we were just like shaking. And I mean, it's always like that on set, though. Sure. But but there were there was quite a lot of days like that that we were. Um, everyone laughed at me because I had um, have our costume department give us these wonderful things. They're called heat pads, and I don't know if anyone's seen those hand warmers that you get that almost look like tea bags. You can yes. well, you break this, them up, and yeah. You put them in. And there's this, there's a flat version version that you can stick to your clothes inside of you, so it doesn't show. And I take I take my top half off and show my thermal, <laughs> very attractive <laughs> vest underneath. I'd literally be covered in all these sort of heat pads, and everyone was like, "Joe, do you really?" I was like, "I need them. I really need them." Yeah. So I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to being cold. But I'm with you. I didn't enjoy it either. I can't imagine it was any fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about your favorite part of playing her? Was there something? You know, was there a moment that was just exciting for you to take on? Yeah, my favorite part, part of playing her is her strength, actually, and she is fierce actually you know she's we don't meet her and think wow this woman's fierce but as the show unravels you you realize she's somebody that you don't want to mess with actually you know and I really liked her you know her that it was just embedded in her um it's just who she is you know and I really liked playing that I really liked playing that real strength yeah, she just, you know, whatever it, you know, whatever happened, she's absolutely confident in her own truth. Exactly. And I, I think that's quite a rare quality in people. She's completely, um, you know, like completely straightforward and, and blinkered with her mindset. And she doesn't question her, herself at all, you know. And that's rare, you know. I think we all question ourselves a lot. Absolutely. And she's somebody... But but whenever I meet people like that in real life, I'm always kind of slightly drawn to them. So I'm like, wow, that must be amazing to be so self-secure, you know. So she's, uh, she's very much got those qualities. 
How rare is it to find that in a character on the page, someone who's so, you know, when you're getting a lot of scripts, I'm sure, I would imagine, are you finding enough strong female characters that interest you that you would want to play? I am, yeah. That's I'm wonderful. very fortunate, I am. Um, yeah, I have no complaints on on that side at the moment, which is a lovely thing to be able to say, you know. Um, since we finished filming, we finished filming Downton two years ago, pretty much uh, to the day. And since then, I've done five independent movies and two miniseries that I played the lead in, a movie that I played the lead in and exec produced. Um, and the first job I did after Downton was called Dark Angel, which was a two-part drama for British television. It was on PBS earlier this year. And in that, I played Britain's first female serial killer in the 1800s. Couldn't be so further from Anna Bates. It was the complete <laughs> antithesis of Anna Bates. And so I finished filming Anna, said goodbye to lovely Anna, mm. and then four days later started playing a psychopath. And it was a brilliant, it was brilliant. <laughs> I enjoyed it far much more than I should have done. So, I mean, I've, I've since, you know, since finishing, I've had some really fantastic, interesting, diverse roles. I've got, I mean, um, Mary Shelley, a movie with Elle, Elle Fanning playing Mary Shelley that uh, premieres at Toronto with Belle Powley and Douglas Booth. I play I play Elle's horrible stepmother. Like, oh, goodness me, I'm already playing the wicked stepmother. <laughs> but um, And then I'm doing a bit of comedy next, so I can't say what it is just now, but... Yeah, so it's... it's comedy? Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. I can't wait to do it. Um, so I just... That's what keeps me interested. I love the versatility, and I love challenging myself and doing different things and, you know, keep bringing the changes. Is that what makes you choose a part? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a big part of it. I mean, there's, you know, there's many things to be considered and obviously there's life things to be considered as well. Um, but it's, it's mainly the script. Is it a great script? Is it a great character? Um, are, are there great people behind these people I want to work with? Um, you know, and if it ticks any or all of those boxes, then, you know, you're like, oh, okay, this is good, this is good, yeah. And you just want to do good, so, you know, I just want to do sort of good work and diverse work, basically. It's interesting that you're not being typecast. You're able to bounce around from all different kinds of roles. Yeah, it's been a definite, uh, you know, definite decision of mine to try not to be, you know. Um, and I haven't. I don't feel like I have been, which is great. But I did, you know, I did turn down a couple of, you know, maid roles and <laughs> someone coming in carrying another tea tray and the sort of northern British working class roles. I was a bit like, I really need to do something different, guys. I'm going to just stick out and try and find something that sort of, you know, stretches me. Yeah. So you went to serial killers. So I went to be able to play a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about film versus TV? Do you have a preference for one over the other? I love both. I mean, I love movies. I love watching movies. Um, but I also love watching TV and we are in such a golden age of television at the moment. I mean, TV, TV used to be the sort of, the sort of second cousin to film. It was like, oh, film's the place. And, but now TV is, you know, TV miniseries are like 10 hour movies. Um, and you know, we've got all the A-list movie stars doing (coughs) TV shows. So it's really exciting at the moment. I think, um, it's lovely that those kind of budgets are going into TV now. Absolutely. Because um, say like six years ago, or, or you know even slightly longer, well in England, in the UK, um, just as Downton started, we'd had a real run of sort of reality TV and drama wasn't strong. And then Downton, I think, hit at the right time because it hit when I think the industry here and in the States was... Um, you know, sort of cottoning on to the fact that people do want good drama and good comedy and we do want to be entertained and escape, you know. We don't... I mean, you know, there's always... Reality TV is an incredible amount of fun, but, I, you know, we don't want to watch it all the time. No, you, know? you need and a mix. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like anything, you know. Sometimes you want to eat sushi. Sometimes you want a Mars bar. It's like, you know. <laughs> and sometimes you, need, you want both. And sometimes you want both together, and you enjoy them both as much. Exactly. You know, and it's just like I'm not saying which one's which, but I'm just saying, you know, it's it's we need that variety in life. What about from the performing aspect of it? Do you prefer working in TV or film, or both equal to you? Um, both equal. I love I love filming in general. I mean, what I love about uh, doing a movie and I, I do love working with a writer director as well because I love them having their vision and being able to create that vision and being a part of that I find it creatively really exciting um, but I just love you know when I feel involved in that creative process like I did on Liar and when I did Dark Angel in television as well I just love being a part of that because like I say the production values are really high and I sort of learnt my craft on on a set on a television set and then a film set so filming in general is is my first love most people say it's theatre and I love theatre but most people learn on the stage and I did the opposite I learnt on set so I think it's always just got a special place in my heart that carnival that we of people that we drag from location to location and the camaraderie that comes with that and how close you bond with everybody you're working with especially when you're the lead and you're seeing them every day for longer than you're seeing your family. And I love that whole process. I would imagine you had that on Downton. It seemed like... We did. We did. And, um, you know, we all keep in touch. We had a a private reunion dinner that some of the cast organised in January and we're going to do another one just before Christmas and uh, have little email chains with little groups of all of us. And it's, yeah, it was dreamy. We, We shared this incredible experience together and we shared six years of our lives and... You know, uh, luckily we all got on. Um, so it's it's something that that nobody else has experienced. So we share that we share that experience together, and we always will, and it will always be really special. Looking back on the finale, were you satisfied with the finale? Anna pretty much got her happy ending after everything. I was, yeah, I really was. Um, I thought in general it finished in, really well and in a great place, and it gave the audience that payoff of what we wanted to see, but still left some un answer questions you don't want everything to be too neatly tied in a bow but for Anna and Bates it was like finally <laughs> Poor finally, Anna Bates, finally they found their peace and happiness and I think I, I think if I think if they hadn't have left Anna and Bates happy they would have been uproar they were like come on guys they've been through enough Julian so I think it was perfectly pitched and I was very happy with where we left the characters were you surprised about how much Anna and Bates really broke out from that show and how they found their fandom I really was I mean we never expected Brendan and I to be um for Anna and Bates to be so beloved, you know, and it was wonderful because we weren't the young, glamorous couple, you know, and there's an age gap with the couple. And, um, and I mean, Brendan certainly has his adoring female fans, I have to say. <laughs> the amount of women that come up to me and say, <laughs> I'm in love with Brendan Coyle is, you would not believe. So, um, so I think that helped for their popularity. Um, but I, I just think people connected with their slow burn love story and I think they I think the audience which is what Brendan and I loved about it was that their relationship grew out of a mutual respect right. and that they were best friends mm-hmm. and and then obviously you have to have attraction as well but they had that they had all the ingredients that you know of a relationship that really could last a lifetime you know and obviously they did because they went through quite a few traumas and managed to <laughs> say it then but that was so romantic mm-hmm. it almost took us back to basics of sort of like movies in the in the sort of 20s or something or it was just something so um simple about their relationship and that's you know what we fell in love with about them as well exactly if they could survive all of those 
traumas yeah. that you could survive anything. And it also, I think the view is kind of like, well, thank God we're not Anna and Bay. I mean, <laughs> right. life is fine. At least we're not, you know, so. At least we're not being hauled off to jail. Mm. And every second turn, yeah. <laughs> we both, we've both been in prison. Both. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Julian. I know. <laughs> so obviously there have been lots of rumors about a Downton movie. Is that something that's real? Is it true? Would you do um, it? Yeah, I think we'd all like to do it. I mean, I think for me, the show finished in a great place at a great time. We finished on a high and, you know, everything must come to an end. Good good things must come to an end. Um, so I was very happy with where we left it. But selfishly, I mean, it would be lovely to get together for 10 weeks and, you know, have a little reunion and... But in all honesty, I have no idea. I, I, I absolutely have no idea. There's been talk and there's been conversations and nothing's happened. And then and we're all sort of, you know, sort of leaving it up to the laps of the gods. We have no information. So sorry, I can't be more <laughs> specific on that one. <laughs> I figured as much. Yeah. What about an Anna and Bates spinoff? Well, I used to joke that I'd be doing Anna Bates Investigates as my spin-off series because she's so constantly like, when Bates was in prison the first time, I think, she was investigating all the time. So I was like, kind of like a Miss Marple type. I was, I was quite, quite keen on that. Maybe not, maybe not yet, but maybe, you know, in my later years, we could bring back Anna Bates Investigates as my Miss Marple or something. I love it. Coming soon. Or well, Murder, She Wrote. I love Murder, She Wrote. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking with the stars of Lore, the podcast which is being turned into a new series for Amazon. See you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.